In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame, in a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed, in a society where truth is relative, welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you. A podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Well, thank you for tuning in today. Again, I say this often, but I, I mean it every time. Thank you for sharing your time in these next few minutes with me. Um, also, thank you for sharing and, and subscribing, posting reviews and all that to, to help us get the word out as we rightly divide the word of truth. Today, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 18. And I noticed something when I was digging into this proverb that really just kind of, if you will, jumped off the pages at me. I began to notice that a lot of verses mentioned speaking, using the words mouth, lip, tongue, words, etc. And let me give you an example. Here we go. Verse four, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Verse six, a fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. Verse 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Verse 8, the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost part, parts of the belly. Verse 20, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. And verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And I, I want to talk for just a little bit about how we talk, and what we say. And with that, I want to read one more verse. And even though this verse doesn't have mouth, lips, tongue, or words in it, the implication is there. Verse 13, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And the reason I I bring that out is when you look at that verse in conjunction with verses like 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When you look at Proverbs 15.28 that says the heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. And Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good unto the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And finally, Colossians 4.6, let your speech be alway with grace seasoned with salt that ye may know how you ought to answer every man when you when you take into account all of those scriptures and then you go back to proverbs 18 and you go to verse 21 specifically death and life are in the power of the tongue it tells me that there's a lot of power that can be wielded by what we say and how we say it. The, the Bible tells us in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, it talks about the tongue and how that it is the smallest member of the body, but it can do extensive damage to the body if we're not careful. In fact, James compares it to a small fire that breaks out and becomes uncontrollable. He goes on to say that it is imperative, since we can't tame our tongues, that we must yield them. To God, for He's the only one able to control our tongues. 
You know, it could be that's why somebody will speak in tongues when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, because it's that evidence that God has taken control of the most unruly member of their body. I remember hearing a story years ago of a small town church where the pastor had delicately explained to the church secretary that she needed to retire. Her labor had been much appreciated, but her age was beginning to show in some of her duties. He had secured a very plentiful uh, retirement package for her, made sure that she had been appreciated for her years of service, but needed to hire somebody that had uh, more knowledge of recent updates and to different you know, computerized understanding and so forth. But however, with all the accolades and the special retirement and, of course, the, the, you know, being taken care of for the rest of her life, she was upset that she had been asked to retire. So she decided to be, become vengeful and start a rumor. And the rumor was that the only reason she was asked to retire was because the pastor wanted someone younger and more attractive to work at the church. Of course, in her rumor, uh, she said, I don't, you know, I don't know what he's going to do or not do, but, you know, why else would he want to hire a younger, more attractive uh, secretary? Well, the overseeing elders of the church's denomination immediately met and began their own investigation. After reviewing all the facts and, unfortunately, the, the rumors, they concluded that the pastor was innocent of all charges. However, due to the smallness of the town, and the deep wound that had been caused, they regrettably asked him to leave and take another church elsewhere in another state. Realizing that her words and her lies had caused this, the old secretary came to the office to apologize to the pastor. She begged him to stay and said she would stand before the congregation, and she had, in fact, stood before the investigators and explained that it was a rumor. And she would recant the story. But the pastor replied for the secretary to come with him to the top of the bell tower. As they climbed the steps and reached the top, he ripped open an old feather pillow, shook it into the wind. And of course, before long, the wind had taken all the feathers and spread it far and wide. Some had spread beyond what they could see from their vantage point in that tower. The pastor then looked at the elder secretary, and he said, if you can go and retrieve every feather from this pillow, then it's possible you might be able to undo what you've done with your words. And that, my friends, is the unfortunate reality of our words, our mouth. That's why Proverbs 18.8, the words of a tell-bearer are as wounds. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. In other words, they, they hurt deeply emotionally. Gossip, slander, all of these things, they're not of God. We need to use our mouths, our lips, our tongues, and our words to be wise. To answer in a way that brings life. To speak in a way that edifies and builds up. 
I want to be able that when I do speak, that it's, as Colossians says, seasoned with salt and it's with grace. I want it to be able, as Ephesians says, to be good for the use of edifying and minister grace to the hearers. I want to be like the wise person in Proverbs 15 that studies to answer and hears to answer a matter like the wise person in verse 18 or chapter 18 verse 13. I want to be like what Peter said in 1 Peter 3:15 to be sanctify God in my heart so that I'm ready to give an answer of the hope that's in me with meekness and fear. I want my mouth to be used for something that pleases God, that blesses him. Since my lips, my tongue contains either the power of life or death, I want to use it for life. I trust you do too. Well, as always, I hope that digging into this a little bit has uh, piqued some of your interest for what the Bible says and how we can better apply the scripture to our lives. Uh, as we rightly divide the word of truth, I encourage you to email me at rightlydividingwot at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments or questions and uh, look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, I hope you have a super blessed day in Jesus' name. I'll talk to you next time.